Welcome to Duct Tape and Paperclips. I'm Nathan Hartswick. And I'm Amy Russell. This is the show where we rewatch, review, and ridicule every episode of MacGyver for the first time since our childhoods. That's right. And right now, we are breaking down Season 2, Episode 20, Friends. Friends. Uh, we're going to find out how this holds up. But first, let's catch up a little. Annie, what's going on? I saw something on social media. You were day drinking. I... <laughs> you were at brunch. <laughs> I went to brunch, so I ordered like a pile of food. We each got our own entree, and then we decided to share like two pancakes in addition to that, which is like, like if if anyone here knows me and knows how I eat typically, mm-hmm. that is not what that typically looks like. Um, you don't do a Ron Swanson every time you go to diners? I don't do like an egg. First of all, I don't do a pancake, let alone an extra pancake, because mm. I am a woman in my 30s, and my metabolism is not... Uh, having that anymore. <laughs> um, so we did that. And then I also uh, got a mimosa and promptly was like, this could ruin my whole day. Let's see <laughs> if I have the capacity to day drink. Um, and it was okay. It actually mm-hmm. didn't, uh, it didn't fully ruin my day. What happened was I drank it and then um, I went home and cleaned my bathroom uh, to kind of offset whatever guilt I was feeling uh, for having the mimosa, I think. Yeah, I drank, but not too much. And then I cleaned as penance. Yeah, I know. It's really like sometimes I'm like, oh, you know, my religious upbringing doesn't affect me in any way. Um, and then other times I'm like, oh, you are super raised Catholic. Like you are yeah. just it is all still in there. Um, <laughs> but yes, I had. Are you still on the the no drinking tip? I right am. Now? Yeah. Yeah. Which is um I did not expect to last this long. And I told myself I'm definitely in that in a phase now where like it's been over a year. It's been a year and a half. Um wow. And it was basically an exercise in self-control. I don't, I'm luckily not one of those people that is like, has an addictive personality or had a real problem with it. It was just become, it had become habitual. And I wanted to Mm kind of curb that instinct to grab a drink whenever I, you know, felt like I needed one. Um, And I feel like I successfully did that with a lot of LaCroix over the course of like the first six (laughs) months. And then like I phased those out and now I really don't have the instinct as much anymore. But now I'm definitely in that phase where it's like, I told myself, like, you're going to do this for as long as it makes sense, and you're not going to, like, force it, you know? Mm-hmm. So uh, if it feels good and you want to keep doing it, fine. But I, I don't know how to describe it. It's like now I'm in this place where, like, there are times when I, I'm like, well, I could have a drink right now, but I would that would ruin my streak, mm. you know? And that's, like, not quite the right mentality, you know? I feel like the mentality should be, like, I don't drink anymore and I don't miss it. And that's mostly the case. But then once in a while, I'll have the instinct. And speaking of guilt, the fact that like that voice comes in and says, but you've got this nice year and a half long street. It doesn't matter. Like, it's like, for instance, and this is a very odd analogy. I've been doing Duolingo and learning French. And I had a 300 day streak on that thing. And I missed a day. And it said, hey, we'll repair your streak for fourteen ninety nine. Wow. And I said, fuck you. And now I'm on a six day streak and I'm cursing this fucking app every time, even though I'm just as good as at at French as I was two days ago. You know, (laughs) it it made me so mad. Anyway, so this meant the mental like I'm on a streak and I have to continue that streak. That's a real powerful kind of uh, sort of guilt motivated mechanism that I don't fully 
enjoy. Yeah. You're in an unhealthy competition with yourself. (laughs) That's a great way of putting it. Yeah. You are losing. (laughs) (laughs) So who knows? I might, you know, I I lost my streak on the, on the app and I might lose my streak on the drinking and I have to not be punishing myself for that if I do. Yeah. And I think it's just going to be harder. Like I went to a wedding a couple, like a month back where I had kind of made the comments. It's like, yeah, you know, like I'm, I'm having a couple drinks at this wedding, but like, I haven't really been drinking at all because I'm home and I tend not to drink at home for whatever reason. And so like, you know, and a lot of people at this wedding had the same experience where they're just like, mm. oh, me too. Like I haven't, um, right. I haven't been drinking. Like I know we've heard a million jokes and seen a million memes about people drinking a ton of wine in the, in quarantine or whatever, but like, yeah. that's not been the case for a lot of us. Right. Um, right. if you're not like an at-home drinker for whatever reason. So like, I don't know. I, I feel like it's, it, it'll be, interesting to see what happens as we like get back to normal routines yeah. to see like how things are going to shift. Yeah. And it'll be interesting when I uh, reopen the bar that I own <laughs> to see <laughs> if I can keep my streak up. Um, well, I feel like we should get into this episode. And this is typically the spot in the show where we would bring our guest in to talk about this episode. Um, but since the episode Friends is a clip show, mm-hmm. uh, it's not a true episode, and uh, we felt a little guilty making a comedian friend watch it, and of course, we're sorry if you watched it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that's where we're at. We're not going to have a comedian guest. We are not, but there's plenty of fun stuff to talk about um, because they they didn't have a ton of original plot in this episode, but what <laughs> they did have is so fun uh, to lampoon. So we're going to yes. do that. Uh, we're just going to dive into You're it. You're stuck just, with us. It's the Nathan and Annie us. show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, uh, let's do the refresh their memory part. And, uh, and Annie, do you want to give us a, 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 even though it's a clip show, there's still a plot. Do you want to give us a summary of that plot? I sure would. Uh, so what happens is MacGyver returns home from a tough mission in Central America. He's abducted at Machete Point in his apartment and forced to drive to the Phoenix Foundation where Pete has thrown a surprise party for him. The abductor was none other than his friend Jack Dalton in disguise, of course. Mac reminisces with his party guests who are present for some of his most exciting adventures from the helicopter horse lift escape to the coffin water ski episode. Uh, MacGyver has an existential crisis and tells Pete he wants to retire but after talking with of course Grandpa Harry and all of his friends he has a change of heart and rips up his resignation letter so uh, a lot for a clip episode (laughs) I must say yeah yeah it was Um, what do you want to talk about first do you want to talk about the plot uh, that that they came up with or do you want to talk about like the the flashbacks and choice of flashbacks well I guess let's talk about the the plot that they came up with because Mm. uh, there's yeah there's much to say about why they chose the particular flashbacks that they did um mm-hmm. but i think part of it was sort of um you know dependent on upon who they had uh um, who was at the party the end, yeah. <laughs> uh from the party but like this entire episode is about macgyver being incredibly rude at his own birthday party <laughs> um I could yeah, not get over yeah. how shitty he was to all of these people <laughs> that showed up to wish him a goddamn happy birthday. Um, and he is sulking through the party. He is going back into an office and sitting by himself. <laughs> He's a sad toddler. Yeah. What did, what does it all mean? Mm-hmm. Um, this whole time. And 
God damn, MacGyver, like get it together and be polite to get out there and suck it up and socialize with these people who've come from all over the fucking world for your birthday. Yeah. Yeah. It is disrespectful. Yeah. I agree. Uh, Uh, Yeah. What about you? (laughs) I mean, the things that kind of like jumped out at me, uh, low hanging fruit wise were like, Obviously, the resignation letter plot, like the fact that he wants to resign and then he rips that up at the end. Man, they just beat you over the head with that over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like I'm writing a resignation. Did you get that resignation letter? Did you get, here's the resignation letter. Are you going to rip it up? Are you going to... Once they got that device of like, this is the object that is representative of his existential crisis, man, they would not stop hammering home that device. Also, can I hate to interrupt you, but like... God, he tells his boss to write up his resignation letter as if that is how that works. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah, you've got a form somewhere. You do it. Um, Well, he does. I mean, that's a a very MacGyver thing to do. MacGyver barely works at this company, is never in the (laughs) office. He's like, there must be a way of doing this, right? I mean, he doesn't even get paid for all we know. He gets bonuses that he gives away. Like there's a, there's evidence to suggest that MacGyver does not need the money and is just an adrenaline junkie. Like that's Mm -hmm. the only reason he he works for this company. But the other thing that uh, kind of drove me nuts was the, I mean, the beginning part, maybe it's just a lighting situation, but it was 100% 100% obvious that this is Jack Dalton in shitty makeup abducting him at the beginning. And had I been like at least a little bit fooled by that, it might have been entertaining. But the fact that Jack comes in in a very bad in very bad makeup, uh, this is a voice we've heard him do before. We've heard him do this like fake Hispanic mm-hmm. voice before. Yes. And the fact that like MacGyver never turns around and looks at him, gets in a Jeep with him and drives him all the way to his headquarters, which by the way, uh, no spy should ever do with someone threatening his life. 100%. And this is like the meanest prank Jack has ever done. Like the most terrifying. If you're like holding a guy at knife point and asking him, uh, take me to your, you know, work in the middle of the night. Um, this was a real long haul, like a long walk to get MacGyver to his surprise party when there's like many other ways they could do that. Agreed. I think it was painfully <laughs> obvious that it was Jack because of course it's Jack. The guy right. is, is a loose cannon. He is a completely chaotic presence in MacGyver's life. And so we have that. Um, I do have a bone to pick with Pete Thornton, as is You always do. I feel like, how do I even put this? (laughs) If anybody out there is thinking about throwing me a surprise party, okay? My workplace is about the last place that I want that to happen. Um, No, we want it at your workplace with full-on fluorescent lights all the way up. Fluorescent (laughs) office lighting with your boss and like all of these like tangential like (laughs) characters. Yeah, complete randos that you've met through, you know, various work trips. So so from a public radio standpoint, it would be people you've interviewed for stories in the past. Yeah, exactly. Like (laughs) it would just be like, oh, remember you spent that one weekend working right. on this story and you interviewed that one person well she, here she is yes. um with her husband um and she's talking work. about how yeah. interesting her new life is now that she's pregnant like <laughs> it's that was the vibe um and i i also just want to call out like the penny parker uh jack dalton uh I would call that kindergartners on the playground. That's what yeah, I would call are that. We, are we calling this a love triangle? I don't really no. know what it is. Why no. is Penny 
full on sucking face with MacGyver the second she sees him. She can't um, help it. She she's, she's But that was not their relationship. Like what I felt I don't know. like did I she, was in the last one when she was like in the cowgirl outfit there and they they thwarted the bomb effort. Did she kiss him in that episode? She was flirting with the Russian guy the whole time. She was flirting with these other dudes. Like there was no sexual relationship between them or romantic relationship between them. So like it was very jarring to me to see her just make out with him. I don't know. Now, if you go back to the beginning, the episode where they met, uh, there's definitely a kiss or two in that where and it's more innocent. Yeah, I just didn't read that as like some kind of like romantic. Yeah, this kiss is hot. This kid is this kiss is much hotter. Yeah, this was just like okay, we're fully making out. It's your birthday. I'm going to give you something that you... That's you what know. it is. That's the gross thing. It's like, it's hey, gross. it's your birthday, big boy. Yeah, that's gross. <laughs> it was gross. It was like, it's your birthday. Yeah. Here's something to remember me by. Like, it was just very awkward to me. Um, and the fact that it happens like right, not in just in front of Jack, but right next to him mm. um, makes it even creepier because there's sort of the suggestion that they're all kind of like part of this. <laughs> and then she, at the end of the episode, she's like, well, and we're all going to be working together. And I'm like, dear God, I, I don't want this trio. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a good thing that didn't happen. Uh, I did appreciate that Jack in all of his lying to Penny eventually gets found out at the end yes, and that she's been kind of playing him the whole time. And she knows yes. that he's a liar and all that. I, I thought that was nice that he finally, like he didn't get anywhere with her. Yeah. So that was actually the moment that I was waiting for in the very first episode that we saw with her, where what I wanted was to see that like, she actually, you know, had his number and knew what was going on the whole right. time and was like very in on it. They finally gave that to us in this episode, which I really appreciated because like okay penny knows this guy's lying he is making up the most outlandish stories um to try to impress her she calls him out on it i i liked that yes um and i sort of liked uh the fact that we did have like actual characters um come back like we did get grandpa harry um some of those fringe folks though i really was like why who gives a shit (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. yeah, the only people we care, cared about were Penny Parker, Jack Dalton. Uh, who's the other one? Uh, oh, Kate, right? Kate, yeah. Um, but Pete. like the the guy, the, the the guy who rescued him in East Germany, who cares? The guy with the, yeah, it just, there were a couple. There were a couple where it was like, well, we're going to play this clip. So get that guy. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You know, get the guy who was in that episode where, so we can set up the clip. Um, these are not like, some of these people are not the most important people in MacGyver's life, you know? Yeah. And I have to say there was more effort than your typical clip show. I don't know yeah. if you would agree with that. I said the that. same thing. I was like, they put a lot of effort into this storyline. I like, just too felt much. Like- Typically, you see a clip show and it's one character in a room by themselves reflecting on, you know, different things that have happened. Maybe they're packing up to move. Maybe they're like going through some kind of transition in life and they're just thinking back. I mean, what I would have done is I would have put Pete and MacGyver in a room together. I would have had some bad guy set a bomb, you know, Mm -hmm. lock them in there and be like, you've got an hour to live. 
you know, and then they're reminiscing about all the all the times that MacGyver got himself out of a jam mm-hmm. and you spend the whole hour because that's what you have to do. You have to like just trap your characters in one place so that they can reminisce, you know, and yes. then at the very end, MacGyver finds a way to disarm the bomb and let them out. Like you don't need this whole like fucking let's get everybody in here. Like yeah, let's get everybody cre- in here for and have a MacGyver have a fucking party. career meltdown. Yeah, like, because honestly, the <laughs> career meltdown is just like. You know, it comes out of nowhere, his desire to move back to Minnesota, which is kind of a fun nod because Richard Dean Anderson is also from Minnesota and, you know... Uh, MacGyver is sort of having this crisis, like maybe I should just get married. Maybe I should just, you know, settle down back, back home. Um, But it just was not needed. And he was so dramatic about it. And, and so like, (laughs) he was very whiny. And I feel like MacGyver's entire ethos is that his friends are very important to him and right. there is nothing more important than friendship. And we did not see that. That's in true. This episode. Well, uh, now I, you could make the case that he eventually sees that. And that's the reason he rips up the letter. But, mm-hmm. um, but the fact that he spends, you know, the good for the first two thirds of the episode, basically disrespecting all of his friends is like, and, and that nobody really comes in and sm- slaps him out of it. Like grandpa Harry asks him what's wrong, but like, I feel like we could have had a tough love scene with Grandpa Harry where he's like, you're being rude to all your friends and you're supposed to love all these people. So why don't you fucking, you know, think about what they mean to you and, you know, come back when you stop whining, you know? Exactly. I feel like that could have been Grandpa Harry or Pete Mm -hmm. um, or even Jack. It was never going to be Pete. (laughs) (laughs) Pete, like, does a lot of, like, MacGyver, but he doesn't, like, really hold his feet to the fire, you know? His boss, I mean, theoretically. Have you ever worked with someone, like, have you worked for someone who then, who, who either was your friend beforehand or became your friend to the point where you couldn't really see yourself as their subordinate anymore? Um, because I definitely have, and it's just like you start taking advantage of them, and it's not—it's never a good work dynamic, you know. Yeah, I have lucked out that I've had mm. like a string of really good bosses that I have respected. Um, yeah. but, but I. But the line is clear between the two of you. The line is always clear. I yeah. feel like I always try to have um boundaries with my bosses in particular because um. Well, good for you. <laughs> well, it's—I don't know. I just because it's awkward. Like yeah, it yeah, is yeah. awkward when. And they're the lines are too blurred like that. And so like, yeah, I just, that's what takes me out of it because like Pete and MacGyver, it's like, okay, are you best friends or is this your boss? Like, I just, I don't know. Yeah. Cause Pete never like, you never get that turn in your badge and gun moment with Pete, you know, he never ever holds MacGyver accountable for something and says like, you're out, like take a break. Uh, You know, that's, that's boss's orders or whatever. He's just constantly like, negotiating with him yeah or being saved by him and so it's just it it is kind of hard to take pete seriously because he's just not um, no he has like a substitute teacher vibe he's being walked all over all the time yeah he's just he's not that strong leader um who is providing macgyver with guidance i think if we saw that on a more regular basis it would be easier to respect pete when he's in a scene but that never happens. It's always Pete being rescued by MacGyver. Um, yep, yep. Even when it was the reverse in the ski episode, mm-hmm. you're still like, this guy's a moron. Yeah. <laughs> What's he doing?
Other things I noticed about this uh, was uh, the generic sound effect of party goers chit chatting runs throughout this entire episode. <laughs> yes, I mean it is on a loop. It is. It's very much like those sound effect CDs you have, where it's like party, 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 mm-hmm. party, party, party. Um, so that was kind of annoying and noticeable. Uh, I wrote Pete knows Mac doesn't drink and still pours him a glass of champagne and hands it to him. Um, so some friend. I also thought, I thought it was funny that the, I liked the reveal of her being pregnant of his ex or his, you know, whatever, whatever. his fling being, being pregnant. I thought that was funny and cute. Um, what I thought was sort of hilariously eighties about it was that it was the act break. Like yeah. he's like, whoa, and they're like cut to commercial. It was just like, that is just not as dramatic uh, a reveal these days. I don't think as it was. No, then. Yeah. no, it's, you need way more <laughs> now for that to be compelling. Not just like, oh, I'm in a stable relationship and I'm having a child. <laughs> yeah. Congratulations. And? I mean, we haven't seen each other in a year. I figured, you know, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I figured you moved on. Yeah. So I felt like just the the quitting and the threats to quit, like yep, yep. it's something we've seen before. It's been in many, um, many episodes of folks who are in high stress jobs, you know, finally have had enough and they threaten to quit and then they never do. Um, but I, I don't know. I, it just... It was yeah, silly. It was silly. It was silly. It was, I I mean, there's this false ending too, because they end, mm-hmm. they end the episode with him tearing up the letter and then Pete throwing it in the air and there's a freeze frame. And then they play a whole other clip from a whole, like a whole other episode. And then they come back and he makes a, MacGyver makes a joke about, about that letter. You got any scotch tape? And it's like undermines the entire ending of the show and like does this other secondary I, ending. So what I wrote down was reverse opening gambit question mark. <laughs> like it was literally the same yeah. idea as right. the opening gambit just tacked on to the end and it made no sense. And I, to the point where I looked back at my streaming app to be like, did I like, what? Yeah. where did I go? Did I somehow go back to season one? Like what is happening? Um, because they just rolled this um, hot air balloon uh, right. escape. And clip. it was long. Um, that one was, was very long. long. So it was like the episode was already over and now we're watching another friggin' five minute. Uh, so that was fine. I liked the moment when he actually like gives the birthday speech to his friends and he mm-hmm. like, you know, it's kind of corny when he like quotes his grandpa and all this stuff. Sure. But he gives a, a, a convincingly earnest performance and an understated one. And the the speech is written in a nice, in a nice sincere way. And I remember thinking when I was watching it, this is um, a surprising amount of emotional vulnerability for an eighties hero to exhibit, you know, mm-hmm. like for a man to say like, everybody in this room means a lot to me. Like he's, he calls them special to him. Like, mm-hmm. and the idea as a man of like that being your, your big moment in your show where like the man gets up in front of everybody and like tells a bunch of people that he really like cares about them deeply is like that. You don't get like a, that in a cop show, you know? No. Um, so and I appreciated that. Yeah. And there was no joke. There was no, yeah, like, right. They didn't you know, undermine it. Yeah. Yeah. It was, um, it was just like a sincere moment. And like, yeah, if you're, if you're putting this up against like action shit mm-hmm. in the eighties, a hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, should we talk about the actual fl- flashbacks themselves? Yes. Um, so <laughs> there are eight of them from seven different episodes. Eight from seven episodes. So do you have a list of I these do, that we yeah. can run down real quick? Yeah. Um, and so I want to ask you first, did you notice any common denominators between all of the flashback scenes? Because there are a few things that are true of all of them. A few things are true of all of them. Well, mm-hmm. a lot of them were escapes. Um, yes. Yeah. That 
was that was the which is the, makes sense because that's sort of usually the climax of an episode you know right the main thing i noticed is is the escapes yeah escapes um there are two more things i noticed there aren't any hometown la episodes they're yes, all you're right. macgyver all goes around the world globe trotting globe trotting yeah. which to me is their way of saying like are you a new viewer of macgyver this is our show he runs all mm-hmm. over the world even though 70 percent of their episodes are him like in the the what do we call it the tmz the the 30 yes. mile zone around L- mm-hmm. LA. Um, but uh, the other thing is that as I was going back and I was like figuring out which episodes these all came from, they're all from season one. Yes. Yes. I noticed that a lot of them were from season yeah. one. Why is that? Why they didn't take anything from early in season two? I don't have any idea why they would. Only I do. wonder if they made this earlier. Um, oh, yeah. Or... They might have made it like at the beginning of season two and yeah, they just they may kept have it for like later. Put this together and mm-hmm. uh, didn't use it right away. That's a good point. They might have done this real early on and just saved it for when they like needed something because like, oh, we changed the TV schedule or whatever. <laughs> like we yeah, have an episode I, in the can that's easy. I sort of wondered that because I was reading a little bit about the show this week. We we recorded another episode for for folks who are on our Patreon. We recorded an episode about The Simpsons and I was kind of like um, reading a a little bit of like background on the show. And the other reason why is because at the end of this episode, we get like a dedication, which Mm -hmm. I don't know if you picked up on that. They dedicated it to like a crew member. Um, And I found an interview that kind of like mentioned this. And one of the things that stuck out to me was that apparently the schedule for the show was like brutal. And they had like maybe four weeks off in in between seasons and that was it um and so they they talked about how brutal this uh production schedule was and i sort of had the thought i'm like well you know this might have been one of the like kind of evergreen things they just like had um right just just in case yeah i mean and this is like the only reason that clip shows exist is because of these brutal production schedules. I mean, that's why I was so I was so surprised by how much effort went into, you know, 50% mm-hmm. of this show was original story, which is like, exactly. you don't need to do that. It could have been 10. Right. Easily could have been, you know, and, and the clips certainly were long enough. Yeah. Um, it made we- it hard to ignore. I was like sitting there on my phone, like every time they showed a clip, I'd like go onto my phone. <laughs> I was like, but then they would come on again and like important shit start happening. I'd be like, I can't ignore this whole episode. I kind of want know. to. But. And the clips. So at any what what stood out to oh, you? Oh, right. Yeah, we have, our, <laughs> we have our clips. Uh, so the first two, which are kind of back to back, which don't happen for a while. Like we got to kidnap mm-hmm. him. We got to get him to the party. We got to get him around, mingling around the party. And then that that was that was the real moment when I was like nine minutes into this episode, and I was like, "Oh, it's a fucking clip show! God yeah. damn it!" <laughs> like, I think I texted you like, "Let's not get a guest. Let's just yeah, do I it." Um, anyway, so it was really mad. <laughs> I was uh, mad because it looked sound, it, <laughs> I, it tricked me. I was like, "Okay, there's going to be a whole thing." I mean, obviously, the the story he tells about going to Central America and and fighting these bad guys and getting this disc. That's an episode I want to see. Yeah. Um, you would think that would have come back in some way, shape, or form in the know. episode, and yet like, it doesn't. I don't know. Maybe they'll save it for another season. Um. Uh, so we had the airport conveyor belt gag with Terry Hatcher, mm-hmm. um, where he pulls them out of the secure room onto the air pa- air, air, airport uh, conveyor belt. Um, 
What's the quip he says at the end of that scene? I can't remember what. Oh, economy class. Economy class. Uh, I just keep thinking of the Kevin Smith line, no ticket, when he like throws him off. (laughs) um, Yeah, I had uh, blocked that out until I rewatched that clip. I was like, oh, right, that joke. And then they almost immediately go into the map over the hot air balloon scene, which they play Mm -hmm. in its fucking entirety, uh, starting all the way back from him being trapped in the room and needing the key that's in the, and he uses the map for the key, and and then he uses the map and rolls it up and puts a tire iron in it, and he beats the guy up, and then he runs through the dunes and then he yes. gets the hot air balloon the and he thing. takes it to the, the whole thing from the, whole... the, the city to the desert yes. to the hot air balloon. Yes. We see all of it. Yes, to the desert that is like conveniently close to the downtown of this yes. Middle Eastern village. <laughs> um, so that was a very long one. Uh, and then we have a series of three more that are the 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 horse the horse lifting scene, mm-hmm. which of course they were going to put that in there. They got to put their best clips in. That is one of the best stunts they've ever done. That's so probably the most expensive thing they've ever yeah, done. Right, so. <laughs> right. Um, so that's a big deal. They put the horse lift thing in, which every time I see it, it makes me uncomfortable because I'm like, there's no way that that horse is comfortable. Um, uh, I sort of picture them like yelling cut and then them just like cutting the rope and letting the horse drop into the ocean. <laughs> you know, get another horse. Like, um, it's the 80s, man. It doesn't. Uh, so and then the lizard uh, over the campfire scene. This was the rare flashback where it's just emotional and we just have to see we just have to see that like yeah. love scene well, between the two the of them. Well, in the case of both this one and the penny um, conveyor belt one, mm-hmm. like this is sort of like the moment he sees these women and he's reconnecting with them. Right. And we get a flashback to like when they first what met. they mean to um, him. Yeah. Yeah, right. exactly. Um, so we have uh, and this I was forced to revisit a line that I hated the first time, which is <laughs> like you keep me off balance you know that that whole thing which is a very yes. 80s thing like a man who like makes me can't be i can't see straight because it's so you're so uh original and different mm-hmm. um yeah. so that was an uncomfortable scene to watch again uh and then uh there's like two more lines of dialogue and they, dialogue and they go right back into that same episode to show you the climax of it when they roll across the river in the barrel yes the gauntlet and then uh, we have the brake fluid stunt in East Germany where he climbs onto the hood of the car and he fixes the brake lines while the car is going 100 miles an hour. Good stunt. Fine. This is a fine thing to revisit, I thought. Coffin water ski, which, of course, you love. Uh, I, I do love it. I can't, I can't believe they showed as much of the stolen B-roll from the Michael Caine movie as they did because I'm like, this is so boring. And it's not yeah, even yours. In a clip show, a clip that they yeah. did not even film. Um, and Just, you got to re- respect how bold that is just show the fucking coffin uh anyway and then the last thing was as we talked about totally unnecessary we thought the episode was over and then we're like let's go back to the pilot and show the when he rescued that guy on the cliff face um by jumping off the cliff with the flare and then having a backpack with a secret parachute and as i i realized i misstated at the top of this episode that was the hot air balloon gag but it actually was what I wrote down reverse opening gambit because it was the first opening gambit right, right. from the pilot that we ever had, uh, where he, um, is in that cool outfit. Um, and I love that hat that he's wearing <laughs> and he, he does the, uh, the cliff jump with the yeah. parachute. And I kind of get it. I kind of get like, Hey, let's end this clip show with like, let's go all the way back to the beginning. Won't that be cool and symbolic? But, um, yeah. Did you have any other, I, I kind of went through them fast. Did you have any other reactions to any of these other clips? Yeah, I feel like I like we're in total agreement about the last one. It was really jarring and really unnecessary. Yeah. I kind of liked seeing the conveyor belt thing again. That was sort of was like cute. yeah. 
Yeah, like it was cute and it sort of was a reminder that like, oh, like these two do kind of go back. I was and I guess it's because they didn't really show much in the way of season two clips, but like it was weird that we didn't get more Jack flashbacks mm-hmm. because Jack is like a more important person to him, yeah. nor did we get um, the grandpa Harry trapped in that, um, you know, in the Phoenix foundation episode. I wondered if was- the reason we weren't getting flashbacks of those two is because their episodes tend to be flashback heavy themselves. <laughs> sure they just talk the entire time about shit they've been through together and it's like they probably couldn't find a clip where they weren't talking about the past in the past you know i guess that is a good point but you could have easily flashed back to you know uh grandpa harry being held in that room or even like a further on flashback to like something with macgyver's family um involving grandpa harry which we've seen in past episodes so like i thought it was weird that like like for the core people, so like Pete, Jack, Grandpa Harry, like we didn't really get any meaningful and poignant flashbacks um, around them, which I thought was like kind of yeah. strange. We also didn't really get all of the different um, people that have been touted as his good friends, you know, that he's like <laughs> part of their lives. Yeah, and right. like they're not at this party. <laughs> yeah. I had like my list of like stuff they missed, you know, ones they've mm-hmm. missed. Here's the crazy part to me. This is an a 42 minute show. And uh, we've talked already about the fact that they filled like way too much of it with a with a plot line that they didn't really need, right? Mm-hmm. So they could have cut some of that out. And some of these flashbacks, they play way too much of it. You know, it's like they start yes. way before the action. And I think part of this is part of what this is suffering from is that like most clip shows come in like season five, season seven, you know, (laughs) they have a ton to pull back from. Like it's supposed to be a through the years retrospective. Oh, remember that? Yeah. I remember that season when his hair was that color. Yeah. It's fun to flash back to like, you know, let's say it's full house and And their kids were little and and the kids are super little and they look a lot different. And that's how this stuff is like more effective. Right. Because it feels like a memory. And, uh, but you know, if you're going to do it, if you're going to commit to doing a clip show in season two, then you got to pull everything good out, like everything you've ever done. So like, yeah, the, the, the thing where he uses the hockey ticket with grandpa Harry to save him with the bomb. And like yeah. just every possible cool thing that's ever happened in this show, you just got to fill it with that. Um, but I and, would rather see the hockey ticket gag than to yeah. see a random ass horse being lifted up <laughs> that has no I meaning. See, I want to see both, but I don't want to see <laughs> the fucking three minutes of that bridge from the Michael Caine movie. I don't need that. Um, I also could have used something from Amy uh, and yeah. Flames End where she, the, the nuclear plant and stuff, because ostensibly he's she's the old girlfriend. He can't get over uh we already kind of have that storyline to get the party i guess right but like she could have been there she could have been in the bathroom and scared to go in yeah like we could have had a whole separate storyline yeah, with her it was weird that kate was the was the, the love interest he couldn't get over yeah to get over i mean what about his uh two best friends on the oil rig uh the firefighter <laughs> i people? put that one down too i was like where are the <laughs> horny people from the fire from the from the hellfire episode where the hell was hellfire i mean yeah. come on the he was basically ready to start a thruple with them and they are <laughs> you know show up to his birthday party yeah i know um and i don't i uh i don't know if i want to spoil this or not but maybe i'll cut it out but uh the woman from that episode makes another appearance as another character 
uh, in the next episode or two. And I didn't realize it until after the episode was all over. Wow. And I checked the credits. I was like, oh my God, that's the same lady. But uh, it wouldn't be MacGyver if... And we, uh, see, we see none of the teens that he has I said that too. Yeah, no, no kids or teens that he's ever expressed, which kind of, I guess it makes sense in the context of a party because it's like obviously for grownups. But sure. it also really, like again, it, it boxes you in. So you can't use any of those scenes when it would have been real easy to like the, to flash back to those. Even someone brings their kid along and he looks at the kid and goes and we flash back to other relationships he's had like mm-hmm. helping kids out or another episode I, th- I was surprised didn't make it in was the to be a man Afghanistan episode that mm-hmm. had a ton of good shit in it that they could have flashed back to um, the giant boulder falling and bouncing on the jeep because <laughs> it was made of plaster um, you know lots of fun shit that they yeah. I felt like they really missed opportunities you know yeah, they seem to favor like the high action moments mm. over like the story moments, which like it makes sense um, from, you know, a flashback perspective. But like it didn't really make sense from a story perspective because like you're flashing back to these like high octane moments that don't necessarily like do anything to yeah. move this story forward. And like the whole, you know, idea is that um, he is thinking about how he doesn't want to do this anymore. And we're not getting flashbacks like of him in really, you know, precarious situations True. or yeah. situations where he is really fearful or situations where he is like actually in trouble. And like that would build it a little bit more for me to understand like, okay, this guy's sick of this shit. He doesn't yeah, want to because be... if you if he is thinking about not working for the Phoenix Foundation anymore, show the time he got drugged and was exactly. out of his mind and didn't know who he was. You know, like he show was that almost drowned in a car. Like right. there's so many examples of situations where he was actually, you know, um, the moment where he's in the nuclear plant chamber and <laughs> like uh, all almost about to die. You yeah, know, right. Instead, we see like the most heroic things he's done um, which why would you want to quit all that you're great at this yeah exactly like you're great you're doing these you know um really daring um you know escapes and And uh, boning hot ladies over fried lizard yeah exactly you've got these (laughs) these hot women who are making out with you no questions it did feel the whole episode felt to me like an ad for this show yeah. You know, like if sure. you don't know this show, who knows? Maybe it was some week where it was like, oh, you know what? We're going to give you the football slot this week because there's no game, you know? Mm-hmm. And they're like, we've got the perfect thing. It's like a commercial for the show. If you haven't watched the show before, it'll be like, I got to watch the um, show. It looks really exciting, you know? That could be too, uh, t- like a time slot change yeah. um, episode. Just that try to get them on board with their, you know, with the excitement of the show. Pointless to speculate as to why they might have made these choices, <laughs> but uh, they did make these choices, and yep. this was the episode. It was the episode. It was still fun. Um, oh, the, <laughs> the thing that's the only, there's one line that stuck in my head when Jack is about to cut the cake. He said, "You want big piece?" And I was like, "Is this?" Supposed to be a racist Asian accent, a racist Mexican accent. I know it's racist somehow, but it was a wide shot, so I couldn't see his face or what he was trying to do. Uh, everyone laughed <laughs> as though he's the cut up of the. Yeah, so I didn't. To speak. I didn't get it. Uh, Jack was particularly annoying. Yes, like, yes. If I am less annoyed by Pete in an episode, you know you're doing something wrong. Right, right. And uh, <laughs> I felt like really Jack, the Jack Penny uh, duo was. It's was weird. Not because it working. felt for at the beginning, 
It did feel when we first met Jack that Jack was being brought in once in a while to kind of like goose MacGyver into like caring about stuff. And mm-hmm. now he's been in like a lot of episodes in the back half of this season. And we even talked about the fact that in the Murdoch episode, he was really unnecessary. So, and he really, I mean, he sh- probably should, he should be in this episode, I guess, but like, yeah, it does feel like the, maybe the writers are real in love with this character and they really like writing for him or something. Um, yeah. yeah or maybe the actor is just particularly maybe. easy to work with and, you know, yeah. is, is, you know. Well, we've talked, we've talked before about the fact that he's doing a lot of great Trump ads these days. <laughs> um, anyway. I feel like we have to take a break, yeah? And when we return, uh, we're going to attempt to score this episode. Oh, my gosh. Making some allowances for uh, not having a guest. Uh, So stick around. We'll be right back. Enjoying this podcast? There's lots more you're missing out on. For just a few bucks, you can become a supporter of the Duct Tape and Paperclips Patreon you'll get access to a special podcast feed with secret bonus content where Annie and Nathan break down related stuff like the MacGyver Simpsons episode, Richard Dean Anderson's TV movie work, and lots more. At a higher level, you can even join Annie and Nathan in the Zoom when they record their episodes live and meet the comedian guests. And of course, supporters get access to cool merch like stickers, pins, even a custom engraved Swiss Army knife. Sweet! So what are you waiting for? Head over to patreon.com slash the MacGyver pod and join up today. That's patreon.com slash the MacGyver pod. Thanks for your support. All right, we're back. Um, We don't have a guest, Annie. This is where we'd usually ask our guest if they want to plug anything. Is there anything you want to plug? Is there anything you're doing that you want people to check out uh, other than this podcast? Um, I have a podcast called uh, Duct Tape and Paper Clips. (laughs) You can listen to it. Other Um, than this podcast. Um, Other than this podcast, I know this. You know where to find me. Um, My handle on social media is at Annie M. Russell on literally every platform, um, including Venmo. Do you have any comedy um, shows? coming up i don't have any comedy shows coming up i am in the process of figuring out when i am going to be in what city um and how i can start to uh put a schedule together that makes sense but um hard to take gigs you know, when you don't worry yes where you'll be, for yeah. folks who are in the bay area i would count on there being a few opportunities to yeah. see me in the next uh month or so cool well i have got nothing to plug uh i we just kind of realized recently that if we want to be uh sort of performance ready by the time the club opens we're gonna have to start rehearsing soon Mm -hmm. (laughs) like with our improv team (laughs) um so uh that's gonna be a weird feeling after two years of not (laughs) it's not two years but it feels like two years years (laughs) of not performing together Do do you have anything you can announce for like stuff for the summer Oh, uh, show-wise, if you're in Vermont uh, and you're interested in comedy, uh, Vermont Comedy Club is producing a stand-up open mic at Four Quarters Brewing in Winooski. It's the new brewery that used to be the bank on the circle in Winooski. And every Tuesday at 6 p.m. starting on June 8th, we are going to be producing an open mic there. So that'll get some people some stage time and get uh, sort of kick the rust off. Um, And then I think it's every second Saturday in uh, uh, the summertime, we're doing uh, outdoor family-friendly improv shows in City. Hall Park. 
Um, nice. So those are kind of the things that are getting us back at it. And, uh, you know, it'll be fun and silly and kind of be an opportunity to, you know. Well, when I'm up. in Vermont in June, I will be stopping by that yeah. open mic. So if people want to see me yes. trying out new jokes, uh, awesome. I will be there. Love it. We're going to move on to our final segment. It's time for It's Classified. <laughs> We are on a mission to figure out what the best episode of MacGyver is. So we are going to rate this episode. Yes, we are. Uh, so we're going to rate this on a couple of different characteristics. And the point values are going to have to be slightly adjusted because we're making up for a lack of a guest. So I'm thinking these this category is 1 out of 15 for each of us instead of 1 out Ooh, of 10. Okay. Uh, so you have a scale of 1 to 15. How would you rate how exciting this episode was. Okay. So Nathan, I've been waiting to do this for a long time. <laughs> oh, you want to make me do it first? Because we don't have a guest. <laughs> this is it. We are flipping the tables All right. and you have to score first. Okay. Um, so that you cannot correct for my scores. Okay. All um, right. All right. This is scary to me. And also weird because I've got this weird one to 15 scale that doesn't feel like the normal thing. <laughs> um, so I'm going to get it wrong. No matter what, uh, w watch this episode come out to be like number number two, uh, yeah. best episode of all time. How exciting! Okay, so this is a difficult one because, I mean, the clips they showed were exciting, but they're not from this episode. Like, so are right. we? <laughs> are we rating the? I mean, I guess you you have to include them because as a viewing experience, you're watching things and are they making you excited or not? Of course, I've just watched all of these episodes recently, so it's not like I don't know what's going to happen. Um, let's see. If this were a one to 10, I feel like it, it would be like a low. Let's give it, I'll give it a seven. Okay. I think that's like middle kind of, of the dead road. middle of the road because it's not, uh, there were some exciting things in it. You know, obviously the way that the premise is set up with that party, there's not going to be any like, life or death situation in that although there could have been there, there could have been, been right. there, as i mentioned before lock pete yeah. in a room with him and you know set off a bomb but like whatever uh so yeah seven i'll give it a seven okay you? i don't know i felt like it was more exciting than some of the like lesser exciting recent episodes <laughs> yeah. that we've seen because you know, we they have the luxury seeing, of pulling from. Yeah. Yeah. They can pull from like the strongest things, but that is a little bit cheating. So <laughs> it's a tough one. I'm, you know, I'm going to say six, six. Cool. Uh, how well crafted was this episode writing, directing, uh, editing, acting, how well crafted was this episode? Well, we just talked about the fact that I feel like they could have put more clips in and had less story. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think that was a missed opportunity. However, sometimes I like to give an extra point or two for swinging for the fences. Yeah. It, like, they really wanted this plot that they architect around the clips to be a solid episode, even mm -hmm. though it was only 20 minutes uh, of the episode. So, like, they didn't have to do that. You know what I mean? They didn't have to have MacGyver have an existential crisis. <laughs> um, so, I kind of appreciate the effort. The execution was a little clunky. We have like a lot of the, you know, the sandbox playground thing with Jack and <laughs> and and Penny. Um, we have the immaturity of MacGyver, which doesn't feel like it goes uh -huh. with his character. Um, it's, it's always nice to see Grandpa Harry. Uh, man, it's a hard one. Um, six. I'll give it a six. How about you? So I am going to give this an eight because... Uh. I feel like it's actually better crafted than many of the plot <laughs> that, that we see because like at yeah. least we have like there is a 
um, clear beginning, middle and end. Mm -hmm. There is uh, something that we're building to. There is kind of like a carrot um, that we're waiting for. Um, Major point deductions for the tacked on gambit at the end. Um, And the clips were too long. You know, Mm -hmm. I would have wanted more clips that were shorter. Um, That would be my note. Um, And I would have appreciated any sort of like any kind of effort into the whole Jack Dalton not looking like Jack Dalton at the beginning. Um, But overall, I think um, it was clear. Mm -hmm. It was understandable. It was cohesive. So we're seeing eight. Interesting. I mean, it's almost as if it's easier for the makers of the show to create a 20 minute story than it is a 40 minute story. (laughs) (laughs) No Um, kidding. Uh, Okay, so now here's where it gets a little wacky. This is supposed to be a one to five category, but because we don't have a guest, we're going to have to go one through seven and a half. Can we do that? Um, So seven and a half being the highest, one being the lowest. Uh, How innovative is this episode? This is typically MacGyverisms. Again, do you count the clips? I don't know if you can. And there's not any MacGyverisms in the office. So this is going to be a weird one. Like, how do we score this one? Yeah. Do we give it charity points at all or do we score it a zero? What do you think? I don't know. I my score was going to be two for this because mm. I just feel like ha, really, I tricked you into doing it first. I know that, <laughs> um, but in the for the interest of moving our scoring along, yeah. I feel like yeah, there's just not. A, I can't give it a zero because there were plenty of MacGyverisms in the clips, but like that's not this story. Yeah, I guess it makes sense to give it a a point or two just because. Um, again, they could have had a storyline that required a little bit of MacGyverisms, you know, like, and I think there, if memory serves, this will not be the final clip show of this series. And I believe (laughs) there are ones where the main storyline is that he is put in some kind of danger. And then while we're waiting, we're flashing back to other things. Oh, you mean like an episode of MacGyver that would make sense? Right. Right. Instead of an episode of what is this news radio? Like what? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'll give it one point for this. Um, 80s cool factor on a scale of one to seven and a half. Uh, Well, definitely um, the dress that that pregnant lady is wearing. Uh, I can feel the material. I know what that material feels like. Penny Parker always has a good 80s look. The Central American drug lord and the the Mm -hmm. American exceptionalism of that idea of the fact that he got a disc and now it's like one more... Uh, one more win for the war on drugs is basically mm-hmm. what that guy says at the beginning. Like we got the lawyers and set the thing in motion and good job, MacGyver. We got him. Um, so that feels very eighties to me. I'll give it a five out of seven and a half. The floppy disc was a big one for me. I oh felt, yeah. Like, right. That little floppy disc that he put like in his jacket. Um, and, and I do like that, that little lie he tells to Jack where he's just like, I don't have it. I don't know where it is. And then of course, like he has it on him. Yeah, um, right. So, yeah, it it was pretty 80s. The entire, like, office setting, like, the whole vibe was very, very 80s. It felt like a retirement party. It was, like, just mm-hmm. really strange. Um, I'm going to say for cool, though, he's at a party thrown by his boss at his workplace. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. That he, he's kidnapped to go to. So, uh, I'm going to say four. Okay, four. Uh, yeah, when he put that disc in his inside pocket, he's done this a couple of times now. He's put things in his inside pocket in his jacket. Mm-hmm. It has made me realize as a kid, I thought inside pockets on jackets were so cool. And mm-hmm. I, I like I remember calling them secret pockets. 
Because it was like, no one knows that I have this secret pocket inside my jacket. Mm-hmm. And the idea of the hero just being like, I don't have it. And it being in a, a literal pocket that he could just frisk and find on him. I'm sure my idea of a secret pocket being cool was perpetuated by shows like this, where someone puts it in a secret pocket and then nobody finds it. You know, it's yes, like, of course exactly. they'd find it. Of course they'd tear <laughs> the fucking lining out of your coat, like uh, looking for it. All right. So we don't have to do goofy uh Scoring for this next category, because these are just yes or no bonus questions. Does he help out an old friend in this episode? Interesting. Right. We Now, Pete is immune uh, to this because he's helped out Pete too many times. It's a party for him. He's not helping anyone. Right. So he doesn't get that point. Uh, is he detained against his will at any point? He kind of is. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to say yes okay, to so this. He, gets he does not want to be there. <laughs> he, well, okay. I, I wasn't thinking the party. I was thinking the fact that he's at Machete him Point. I was thinking at his actual birthday okay, party. Okay. Uh, well, well, we'll call it that. Um, but he is at one point, like, he's he's kidnapped and put in a Jeep to br- come to yes, this fucking party. that too. Um, duh, so if so, uh, does the, his escape involve duct tape, paperclip, or a Swiss Army knife? He doesn't escape from these no. either one of these two <laughs> things. Uh, he's a captive. So no, we don't get those points. Uh, all right. That concludes a very odd version of It's Classified. It's time to reveal the results. Out of a total possible 100 points, this episode receives 44 points. Uh, making it the fifth worst episode of season two so far. So bottom third. Okay. Not bad. For, uh, for a clip show, that for ain't For a clip bad. show, pretty good. I mean, it beats Jack of Lies, uh, which is the <laughs> the one where Jack Dalton fakes his own death in the coffin. Uh, Final Approach, which I think is the other Jack Dalton one, right? Is that right? Yeah, we are with this in this house. We do not like Jack we Dalton. We do not, apparently. <laughs> Bushmaster, which was last week's episode, mm-hmm. and right down at the bottom, Eagles, which I hope stays there. So uh, <laughs> that is it. That that concludes uh, our our fun. Um, I, what I, one of the things I realized about this episode, the way that our titling of our episodes goes, it goes number of the episode, name of the guest, colon, name of the yes. episode. So I am looking forward to seeing this one say, <laughs> what is it? Episode, what is this? Episode 20, I think. It's going to say, episode 20, Nathan and Annie, colon, friends. <laughs> uh, which uh, you can't get out of it now. You're my friend now. It's I know. on the well, episode the funny title. thing about it is when that lines up awkwardly for our guests, yeah. it's my favorite thing. Uh, I know. Like last week was Jennifer Hartswick Bushmaster, uh, <laughs> which I think is great because she has a lot of fans that Google her name and like, I love we that. We could completely flip those two, by we the could. way. Like we don't yeah. have to do it that no. way, but we've chosen to do it that way. <laughs> and it is funny it when is. we have something like uh, Carmen Lagala ugly duckling yes <laughs> uh, there's some gems in there um all right any parting thoughts on this or anything else before we get going any um just if you're gonna throw me a surprise party please <laughs> spring for a venue with non-fluorescent lighting i do yeah. not want it to be thrown by my boss at my workplace that okay. is that's uh, noted uh will you promise that if i do throw you a surprise party you won't pout your way through it <laughs> Yeah, I, I okay. know how to act like a normal adult, <laughs> unlike MacGyver. <laughs> great, great. Uh, that's awesome. Well, uh, that's it for this week, everybody. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to check out our website at themacgyverpod.com and our socials and our Patreon. It's all at the MacGyver Pod. If you want to watch old episodes of the show along with us, you can check them out for free on Pluto TV or watch on Paramount Plus, or you can buy the episodes on Amazon Prime. Uh, Join us next week. We're getting toward the end of the season here. We're going to be breaking down season two, episode 21, DOA MacGyver. Take care, everybody. And remember, in the immortal words of our buddy Mac, 
Friends are the adventures of life. Good night, everybody. Good night.